Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Let's talk about our Prime Minister. Uh, a lot being written about him over the last couple of days, especially because of the uh, Trudeau Foundation and uh, the allegations again about uh, money that probably should never have been accepted for that foundation. And the Prime Minister, uh, as usual, is getting very defensive about it. And our next guest writes about that in the uh, Toronto Sun. Warren Kinsella says, if the political climate has changed, it is because of Justin Trudeau. Warren, of course, is a former special assistant to Jean Chrétien, a war room director for Dalton McGuinney for three elections, all successful elections, we might add. And uh, he joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Uh, good morning, Warren. Good to have you with us again. Well, good morning, my friend. Thanks for having me. Uh- a lot of a lot of stuff going on these days. I, I, my good friend Lawrence Martin for the Globe and Mail writes about uh, the Prime Minister. Many people are thinking uh, uh, the same thing. I think along the same lines, and I think you you point out in your piece that uh, was published in the Sun yesterday uh, exactly what seems to be the problem when you look look at things and some of the controversies that we've dealt with over the last number of months and years. I guess uh, whether it's the the We Charity SNC Lavalin and now the the Trudeau Foundation, uh, the common denom- denominator here seems to be Justin Trudeau. It is. And, you know, like it's not a revelation, I think, to a lot of people, as I point out in the column, Bill, that, you know, voters on the left and the right are losing confidence in government and democratic institutions, which is bad, bad news. But, you know, the guy who's really poured gasoline on the fire in that regard in Canada is Justin Trudeau. You know, all of the things you just cited, plus now the Trudeau Foundation, like the Trudeau Foundation provided scholarships to kids and and fellowships and and did, you know, pretty good work. Like he has now muddied their name. And like that takes some considerable doing. But, it, you know, it's w- what happened in SNC and the We Thing and Aga Khan and on and on and on is this guy, whatever, whether you like him or not, the one thing you have to admit is when it comes to ethics and morality and conducting yourself, you know, as you're supposed to in public life, He's terrible. He's absolutely terrible. It's just been conflict of interest, scandal after scandal. And, you know, I agree with Lauren Smart. It's, Trudeau's got to go. He has to go. Well, and I talked about that in my commentary this morning on CHML, too, that, uh, the, you know, there's a time and a place, and every politician, as you well know from your years in the business, uh, has a best before date. And and the smart ones know when that is, and, and they know when to step away. Uh, I, I don't know uh, if he has that, that, that kind of barometer within him right now. He, he just seems to, to be oblivious to what's going on around him. And, and as you point out in the piece uh, it, yesterday, uh, every time something does go awry, and that's happening more and more often these days, uh, he's pointing the finger at somebody else. It, it, it's never, as you say, looking in the mirror. Well, he's exceptionally good at apologizing, right? There's been apologies for every unhelpful or unfortunate incident in Canadian history, and a lot of those apologies were deserved. But when it comes to taking account for his own behavior and apologizing for that and doing the right thing, he just doesn't. And like, he's just like this guy, he wouldn't know conflict of interest. I think if it came up and bit him on the rear end, he, he consistently gets into problems where he mixes personal or family or the business of his friends with government business. And this Trudeau foundation's evidence of that, like, you know, for weeks he was denying anything was wrong and now we know from the reporting that's been done by the Globe and Global News and by others is the Trudeau Foundation received a pledge of $200,000 from the Chinese government through a fake company through an individual who doesn't exist, who almost certainly was a Chinese agent. And his response to that has been to shrug 
and then appoint a family friend to investigate it. So, you know, I think this is why you've got 71% of liberals saying they want a public inquiry into the Chinese election interference story because they're not satisfied by the way Justin Trudeau has been dealing with it. Let's, let, I want to talk about what's going on behind the scenes, you know, behind the curtain, as they say in politics. Uh, and and I, I mentioned earlier this morning, I said, clearly, you know, one of the reasons he's hanging on is he looked at, at people like Andrew Scheer and, and later Aaron O'Toole and figured, well, I can beat this guy. And, you know, so I'm going to stick around and do that. And I'm, I'm sure he's probably thinking that about Pierre Paula. But now we're looking at the, the polling that's going on. And and Canadians don't really like Polyev. I mean, that's pretty obvious from a lot of the polling. But they seem to now say, I, yeah, I don't like him. But you know what? I think it's, you know, let's let's make that change anyway. I mean, which is more of a, a reflection on Trudeau, I think, than it is on Polyev. Absolutely. And if you look at the polling, it bears out what you're saying. Like women don't like Polyev. Quebecers don't like Polyev. In some places in Quebec, the Conservative Party of Canada is running in fourth place. So that tells you they've got a big problem with their leader. He just hasn't, he, you know, he did not get a post leadership bump as so many of them do, but he's still ahead, as you say, and that tells you something else. It tells you that people are so unhappy and so fed up with Trudeau and so feeling that he's passed his best before date, they're willing to actually take a chance on Pierre Polyev, but they don't particularly love or like because they're, they, they dislike Trudeau even more. So what's going on within the Liberal caucus, though, Warren? What, what are you hearing? I mean, you know, publicly, as you mentioned in the piece, you know, people like House Father and others that, that have, you know, some some credibility and some respect with the work that they're doing on Parliament Hill are, are saying the right things publicly in front of the microphones, you know, about their leader and their prime minister. Uh, but, you know, if these people are politically savvy, and I think an awful lot of them are in that caucus, they got to realize that, you know what, we're going to go down in flames if, if this continues the way it's going now. If you're going to have a mutiny, you got to have somebody who leads the mutiny. And um, the problem here is the Liberal Party of Canada, you know, and I was proud to work for Jean Chrétien and know John Turner and lots of other liberal leaders, Dion, but this guy has turned it into a cult of personality. For the first time in its history, the Liberal Party of Canada does not have an obvious successor sitting in the wings. And... Um, the caucus is kind of betwixt and between. You know, they're listening to guys like you and me. They're looking at the polls. They know they're in trouble. They know that they're not going to be coming back. And But they have nowhere to go to. They have no one to rally behind because there's no obvious successor. To me, if there is one, it's uh, Champagne, who's the Minister of Industry. Um, you know, he seems to be a pro-business liberal. He believes in a flourishing private sector you know, he hasn't moved as far to the left as Freeland or, or Trudeau, but, you know, he's still quite unknown in the country. Right now, the caucus needs somebody to get behind, and there's nobody to get behind. Well, and there's a political reality that's at play here, too, that I, I don't know if, if, you know, the members of the Liberal caucus are even aware uh, is that when the the public punishes you, I mean, it doesn't end overnight. I mean, I I was at the the leadership convention in Montreal back in uh, was it oh six I guess when uh, Stefan Dion was finally selected as leader, and uh, and I heard people all through the halls there as I was talking to some of the the, the delegates and say, you know, okay, you know, yeah, we got booted out, but you know what? Now we got a new leader, we're going to be fine. I said, no, it, it doesn't happen that way. I mean, there's got to be a period of transition, and they got to start to like you again. Uh, I mean, if the Liberals are going to get bounced uh, in this next election, whatever that's going to be, uh, there's going to be a, a period where they're going to be wandering around in the, in the abyss and in the darkness here. And, uh, and 
and and they have to accept that you don't want to go there but it's going to happen especially with the track record that they've they've developed over the last couple of months no you're absolutely right you know i see if they lose it'll be an election cycle or two or three before they get back in and you look at harper like i know a lot of people are saying well you know polyev gets in there and he's going to get rid of abortion and gay marriage and all that kind of stuff and but they said the same thing about harper and, you know, I remember Harper, I ran into him in the hallway once while he was surrounded by RCMP and I wasn't. Hmm. And, and, you know, and he said to me, hey, Warren, you know, I guess I didn't get rid of abortion or gay marriage, did I? And he was right to poke fun at me because I had predicted that, you know, if he got into power, that's what would happen. Well, I was wrong and he was right. He didn't do those things. And so what a minority does is it kind of cleanses you of your sins and your radicalism. And then people are prepared to look at you in a majority. I think that's likely to happen with Polyev. But then again, Polyev, like he's his own worst enemy. I don't know if you've seen it. I put it up on Twitter this morning. He sent a letter bill to uh, David Johnson, you know, who Harper appointed as governor general, that looks like it was written by a 12-year-old who's had too much coffee. Like it's just so childish and ridiculous. And this is, I think, you know, Polyev's biggest problem. The country wants to support him. They want to vote for him, but he's his own worst enemy because he keeps doing this kind of childish frat boy stuff that turns off, you know, women and Quebecers and the people he needs to win. Uh, and that's one of the concerns I've got with, with Polyev. I've only interviewed the guy two or three times, uh, but even as you say, the, the, you know, what he's showing right now, it's, it's not leadership. You know, if, if, if he was actually saying, Hey, like, this is how I'm going to lead the country and I'm, I'm going to try to bring people together, but you're right. He's, 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 you know, he's just immature in so many different ways, the way he approaches things. It's, it's no wonder people are so confused and so frustrated, I guess, with the political process right now, because they're looking, you know, <laughs> like like Casey Stengel said, you know, the great Casey Stengel said, can't anybody here play this game? Uh, and <laughs> I think Canadians are feeling the same way right now. Yeah, no, it's true. No, I mean, the my problem with Paul Yev, he's obviously very, very sharp. Uh, he's an effective opposition representative, but he keeps auditioning for the job he's already got. You know, yeah. like Pierre, we know you're a great opposition leader. Show us you can be a great prime minister too. And like, you know, doing this hardcore, I hate Trudeau stuff that he does all the time. Well, I know that's great with the base, but he's got the base, right? They're not going to go anywhere else. They're not going to put Maxime Bernier's party in power. What he needs to do is bring in women, bring in Quebecers, bring in young Canadians to support him if he wants to have a shot at power. But right now, like if you look at the polls, he's ahead of Trudeau. You know, that's what Nanos reported a couple of days ago and a couple of the others as well. But it's within the margin of error. And because of the way seats are distributed across the country, and I know this as a Western Canadian, like Trudeau's got an excellent shot at forming another minority government. So like Polyev doesn't, you know, can't just win. He's got to win big in order to hold on to power because he needs enough seats to avoid being defeated by a combination of the Liberals, the Bloc, and the NDP. And right now, he just doesn't have that. Does Justin Trudeau listen to anybody? I'm, I'm not trying to be flippant here. I just mean, you know, I mean, you worked with Jean Chrétien, and, and Chrétien was his own man, to be sure. Uh, but he had people that he trusted and that, that, you know, he would talk to and listen to. And I am assume they had some input in his decision when he finally decided, okay, it's time for me to step aside. Uh, that, that didn't work well for the Liberal Party, by the way. But I mean, you know, he he was there. I don't know that there's anybody around Justin Trudeau that that would do that and say, you know, Mr. Prime Minister, maybe it's it's time to move on. 
What I've been told, what has been going on for years is, um, and I've heard this from cabinet ministers, I've heard this from MPs, if you've got a really important issue or something you want to push or something you want to avoid, you go to Gerald Butts and Katie Telford. You are not allowed to meet with the Prime Minister of Canada. You know, in some cases, some cabinet ministers, Bill, they have never had a conversation one-on-one with the prime minister. They have to go through those two aides or people like that and, and, you know, seek an audience that way. And very rarely will he talk to somebody. He, he never speaks to liberal MPs. However, recently, you know, as the polls have started to shift and things are, you know, the liberal ship looks like it's taking on a lot more water. He has started to meet with some ministers. That tells me, A, you know, he knows that he's in some trouble and he's got to reach out to others for support and ideas. But it also tells me, B, this is a guy who's thinking about sticking around because you don't do something like that if you don't give a damn anymore. Well, and we saw that happen about a year ago, didn't we, when uh, there were rumors about Christy Freeland as the heir apparent to the job. And, and, and she's had that reputation. I, as, I know you wrote about it, uh, that you know, she was a little cold with, uh, with other members of the caucus and all of a sudden she tried to be everybody's best friend. I, I think she's kind of given up on that now. I don't think she is that much interested in the leadership role. I think she's looking beyond Canada's shores out to try to find out what she's going to be doing next. But uh, and therein lies the problem. You know, as you say, there's there's no succession plan here for this party. And in as much as whoever is leading that party at the time doesn't want to see that or somebody nipping at their heels uh, for the sake of the party, you, you've got to have something like that, don't you? Yeah, it's healthy, you know, produces ideas and new members and, and funds, you know, to use in an election campaign. That kind of contest of ideas and ambition, it's good, right? And, you know, the Conservative Party had it. Their last three leadership races, you know, none of those people won. Well, Polyev hasn't won yet. But it, it produced ideas. It produced, you know, a bit of a creative surge within the Conservative Party. Liberal Party hasn't anything like that. As of this week, Justin Trudeau has been the leader of the Liberal Party of Canada for a decade. It's 10 years ago this month that he became Liberal leader. And, uh, you know, from my perspective, all he's done is turn the Liberal Party is into a movement. His guys actually admit that. They call it a movement. The problem with movements compared to political parties, political parties are bottom up. Movements are top down, right? It's rallying around the cult leader. And in this case, that is Trudeau. You know, it's all top down and what he says goes and anybody else, you know, if he disagrees with you, as I wrote in my column, uh, if you say something that you uh, you object to, well, you're un-Canadian or you're racist or what have you. And, you know, this is one of the reasons why I think the, uh, the convoy thing happened is, uh, you know, some of those people were kooky and crazy, in my opinion, but not all of them were. And some of them had legitimate grievances and they felt like Justin Trudeau just doesn't listen to them because he doesn't. Well, I, I guess we're just about out of time, but I mean, there's a, a political inevitability here, I guess. And, and, and you saw that, of course, even with the, the Gretchen years, uh, where they just got tired and said, you guys look like you're tired. And I, I, I think Canadians to this day still love Jean Gretchen, but they were a little concerned about some of the other players in his party there. And like Galliano comes to mind among others, but, uh, that just said, okay, it's time for a change. And you, you're not going to survive all the time. You can't look at this and say, I survived SNC Lavalin. I survived the Wii scandal. I'll survive the next one. Uh, eventually people are going to say enough is enough. They will, you know, and giants get knocked down and, uh, you know, it's David and Goliath. And I, I know, I know 
what Trudeau's saying, saying I can beat this guy. And maybe he can. But in a democracy, there's also the alternative possibility, which is maybe he can't. Maybe this guy beats him. Like Joe Clark beat his dad. And that should be, that's clear evidence. You know, when his family was moving out of 24 Sussex, he should remember that. This unlikely, uncharismatic, untested, inexperienced conservative leader beat his father. Pierre Polyev could beat Justin Trudeau. Trudeau should be taking a look at Lawrence Martin's column and what other people have written and considering a walk in the snow. Well, I guess there's no snow to walk Yeah, there's no snow in Ottawa. Yeah. Week, but uh, he should be taking a walk along the beach somewhere, maybe in Tofino, because his, the jig is up. <laughs> Warren Kinsella, always a pleasure, uh, Warren, to have you on the program. Thanks so much for this today. Thanks, my friend. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.